0: Friends, welcome, ladies, gentlemen, enmies, to Water We Desho's stream of thought for episode five, Cinco day Five-O of that anime that we're watching that I the title that I forgot for some reason, but it's come back to me, listeners, <laughs> Daisato <laughs> penned listeners. Uh, for the spring 2020 anime season, I'm the Subtle Doctor. Uh, as always, the Subtle Doctor. That hasn't changed. Sadly enough for all of you. Um, I thought you
1: be. I thought your name was now Bob or something like that. Like, what's going on here?
0: That would make you Bub, and if we, we are, we would be the the little dragons from Bubble Bobble. If I am Bob, then you will be Bub. I don't know which one is the blue one and which one is the green one. But I'm happy to take either role, honestly. I I love both of those little guys. Mm.
1: Well, if you you know, if I'm going to be called Bub, then that just makes it very confusing whenever Wolverine starts talking cuz that's all he ever calls people. Bub.
0: I know. I what, mean, I've always doing, Bub. I've often thought what would he do if he sort of became close to someone called Bub or if Bub just sort of floated into his life as someone who was in his circle of friends. He could not then just refer to someone as "Bub," it, like just whoever, because there is a "Bub" proper uh, within it's earshot, so on, that would just be confusing it, for everyone.
1: It depends on how long you hold the "u." So if you're like "Bub," then that's you know a person, and if you're "Bub," then that's uh, you know a clear mm. difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess it would be like you know, like what if someone was called "Chief," like that was just their name their first name i feel i feel like i feel bad for first start <laughs> <laughs> Some would feel like i'm so, sorry sorry buddy sorry chief <laughs> first of all oh but oh i you know what I, I haven't introduced you my uh illustrious cohort uh co-hostess with nope you're not a hostess you're a host that was a mistake we're going to move on from it. You, this is uh, the hardest working man in pod business. This is the grandest blue. It's Shadon.
1: Morning, everyone. And why, yes, I did say morning. It is 18 minutes past five on uh, on Friday here. And what? Uh, the, the, pff, yeah. <laughs> Shadon oh, has been very kind,
0: very kind, as always, to accommodate my scheduling difficulties. He is awoken... In the vampire hours, we'll call it. You could have just you could have just said woke and left it at that. <laughs> he has emerged <laughs> from the chamber. <laughs> he he, has, he, has, he is woke. <laughs> oh no no, um, Shadon is woke. That's a, n- a new chapter for the podcast. Unfold. This is the post woke Shadon era. Uh, get ready for it. Twitter, watch out. Uh oh. Uh well. Seeing as how we have uh, introduced ourselves, let's get to the episode here. Um, we're going to be talking about, like have, I said, episode five. Do do have don't,
1: polls from last week as well.
0: Sure, yes. Um, I don't have the episode title, episode five, in front of me. It is the Prince episode, however. Uh, but before we like start down that chapter, let's fully close out episode four, as Shadon said, mm-hmm. by uh, taking a look at the polls. Every yeah. week,
1: all right. Um. So poll uh, number oh, one for episode yes.
0: four. Okay. Oh, you have them up. I was going to yes, have them uh, up, but but yeah. but I will let you do it. However, briefly, let me just say really quickly here that every week we do these, um, except that one time we forgot. Uh, every other week <laughs> we do these, and uh, you know, if you would like to vote, uh, which we encourage you to do. Uh, it's at Water We Show on Twitter, and we'll read the results uh, the following week on the next episode. Uh, just as a little look back, as a little reminder of what's come before and what the episode was like last week. So take it away, my friend.
1: With pleasure. So, poll number one. Uh, beyond the Nirvana and Kurt Cobain references, how do you feel about this episode inserting other musical homages, such as Pink Floyd, Smashing Pumpkins, and Oasis? Uh, 44% of you said, keep them coming. 33% of you said you didn't recognize them. And 23% of you said you got them, but you didn't like them, uh, either the way they were implemented or et cetera, et cetera.
0: Okay. You know, question for you that I've had for a long time. i thought oh about God. this. Why,
1: why Why are we doing this? What, what were we thinking?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, that's, that's for off mic. That those, those existential no, we, worries. We,
1: we, we could do it now as after hours. Why not? <laughs> uh,
0: the, the actual question, though. Um, so I have always said homage, but you put the H on there, and I find that really interesting as the stereotype, of course, is that lots of folks from the UK eat their H's, just swallow them right up. <laughs> uh and don't pronounce them uh but we we do and it's it's so have you always done that is it um i could not
1: tell you okay Uh, i'm just gonna assume that i can't digest my h's in the same way i can't (laughs) digest grass i eat straight from the you know the ground yeah they're not the necessary stomach for it
0: h's are, are they're as someone who often eats them they're not great I have to say, wow. you're probably much healthier than I. <laughs> All right, so Pole poll two. number
1: two. Do you think that there's ever a good way to do a tribute or a homage again, uh, or even an XP portrayal of a talented but troubled creative such as Cabane? Uh 86% of you said that yes, there is a way of doing it. And 14% of you said no. Hmm. That's that's fair. Uh, and then poll number three, which leads to directly from this... Uh, how did you feel about Nir as Kurt Cobain, uh, relative to your knowledge of him and uh, Nirvana? I enjoyed, XP?
0: yeah, I really enjoyed these answers, by the way, uh, how you, mm-hmm. how you formatted them.
1: <laughs> it was necessary because Twitter decides that, you know, 70 characters however long it is for each poll answer so is more than ample. That's more than sufficient to, you know, get nuanced, you know, uh, multiple choices across people.
0: It's like 25 actually, characters or something really obscenely Actually, sure. yeah,
1: 70, 70 was overly generous there on my part. Uh, but anyway, uh, 50% you said, no Nirvana, thumbs up emoji. Uh, 0% you said, didn't know Nirvana, thumbs up emoji. 25% you said, you knew Nirvana, thumbs down emoji. And 25% you said, didn't know Nirvana and thumbs down emoji. So we mm-hmm. actually, if you want to categorize these, have a 50-50 split uh, on You're positive right. versus negative. Uh, the only uh, intro, this, the only different f- uh, spin, though, is that in the negative side of it, we had to split down the middle on reasons why, where p- you either knew who Nirvana were and were like, yeah, mm-hmm. or you didn't know who Nirvana were and you were like, yeah. So, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, I wonder if we'll have a similar uh, poll this time around. In fact, I may as well replicate the entire format uh, for the prints, basically. Yeah, for sure. Although he's not called Prince in this episode, because I think Dysassel, you know, like, he's probably got enough on his plate now without legal action. Uh. <laughs> because Prince's estate, like, they are probably one of the few groups of people in the world who have trained, like, SWAT lawyers. Yes. Who will smash through your window in full riot armor and serve you, like, you know, a court summons for daring to, you know, either cover, copy, et cetera, et cetera, Prince's, like, musical history, or, just, or even his image, really, because Prince was, you know in no small part, about image, but we'll get to that later. Um, so, Brave of Dice we've be doing this episode, to be quite honest, especially given that... I'll just, again, point this out very quickly and not go into it too much detail now. Like, Ner was a kid, mean, obviously Kirk Cobain was not a kid, at least not for a substantial part of his life. Uh, there is no way on God's Green Earth that you cannot immediately recognise Prince as Prince in this. Like, is, there's no... Like, the difference between the real person and the character here is so much more minimal compared to Kabane to Nairth in the previous episode. And I'm like, that's brave Daiso. Like, I, I am literally surprised that, you know, there isn't a Zoom meeting being fired up right now. that's just got Prince's <laughs> estate on the end. Uh, you know, yeah. there's, there's one entry, and it's yeah. just and it's just like an Illuminati face. There's no one there <laughs> with like a robotic voice. Daiso, so you have chosen to copy Prince's image. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> some deus ex shit basically all right uh, mr sato uh, episode-
0: remain where you are do not leave the premises of your house <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: exactly well we can't no one can no that's fair yeah right i mean what is yeah true
1: Fair enough. but Well, that'll be bad then. Anyway, uh, poll number four. Do you feel Nia's portrayal was well handled strictly through the show itself, or do you think it relied too much on the audience's knowledge of Kirk Cobain to make them care about her? 38% you said it was well handled, and 62% you said it relied on the audience. And then finally, poll number five. Yeah. Uh, I uh, This one. My <laughs> God, I, I... You know, sometimes <laughs> you, look back, you look back on the things that you've done, and you just, you sigh... You don't even have to say anything, like a sigh, you know, can be yep. worth many words in its own right. Uh, so I'll let you all be the judge of this one. You could even maybe make a poll of your own on it, uh, which goes something like this. Will Echo ever hook up with Mew? And 0% you said no doubt all, so poor boy, he's he's screwed.
0: <laughs> no one has or absolute confidence in him.
1: Or, 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 or rather, he's not screwed, but anyway. Hey. <clears throat> uh, 43% you said all platonic all day. Yeah. And fifty-seven percent of you said only via the app. Who? That's that's what I thought you were Yes.
0: That's the correct answer, is they've already hooked up in yeah. a manner of speaking. I,
1: I, I could apologize for that, but I won't. But
0: you, nope. Nope. Oh boy. Okay. Um so those are the polls. Uh like I say, we uh will do those each and every week, and we will report the answers to you the following week. Once the live streaming uh, comes back, uh, we will have those up for you to vote live. That was the kind of that was the idea of them originally, and uh, maybe one day, um, you know, the world will be fit for us to live stream again. But it's not right now, so. Tough, you don't get it. Well, I
1: mean, I'm—I mean, I'm awake at five o'clock in the morning wearing a dressing gown. I'm definitely not ready for live streaming at <laughs> right this second. I Some, wish we... something—something <laughs> something man was not meant to see.
0: <laughs> I really wish we had a webcam feed, though. <laughs>
1: it's amazing. No, you—you I'm, you can imagine it, mate. I mean, oh. this is the Prince episode, so I suppose me wearing a dressing gown and if I had it smoking a pipe would be appropriate. Oh gosh! Or
0: horrifying, depending on your perspective. Oh man, I don't. Boy, okay. So, what is that? What are your pajamas of choice? Uh, I don't have pajamas. I wear boxes. Is that okay? No, well, okay, 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 okay. So, when you say dressing gown, then I guess I think like, you know, ye old it's a, it's pajamas a, a with like a hat and like a lantern. I fucking Ebenezer Scrooge. So, so just to. So just a robe then okay okay um. I'm, getting, I'm getting visited by the ghost of May
1: the 8th future and it's showing that I'm gonna have a raging headache by the end of this Jesus Christ um, no it's a
0: robe you uh, we call things different things and I'm learning every week and this is very and educational why your country for is so backwards you know I I'm in no position to argue with any barbs uh thrown at the United States of America um and I won't do, because you're right. Uh, although the, I mean, you you all could do with changing your time zones to match ours. I mean, that's we can agree on that. I, I think that's very I- eminently reasonable. Um, mm-hmm. So reasonable that I'm going to move on to the next point without discussion. Yeah, you 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 do you do that. <laughs> okay. So all right. Well, the summary for this episode, the Prince episode. Um. Holy cow, so it falls upon me to do this this week, and boy, uh, I'm going to struggle here because unlike last week, well, like last week, I didn't take notes, right? But like unlike last week, I really struggled to get into this episode. I found myself very distracted. I found myself unable to get invested in and it really affected how i kind of thought of the show or sorry how i thought of the episode and well and also the show right because we're at the halfway point of the series essentially um is this 11 or 12 episodes are we got 12 i think Uh, i don't
1: know i think it depends on like if we're getting the limited edition with the extra bonus tracks and all Uh,
0: yeah mm -hmm. yeah we'll get like the, the unreleased demo cut
1: I mean, are we
0: getting uh, this on LP or what? I don't know. <laughs> the B-side. Uh, yeah, I, I think there are 12 episodes, so almost halfway. But look, I'm kind of getting into what my discussion points are going to be. So uh, this is all a long-winded way of me saying I'm probably going to need your help a little bit here because the events of the episode, despite having watched it today, are, are hazy in my mind. So, all right. Here we go, though. I'm going to give it a go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Echo and Moo are in another strange place. They are thrown in to uh, Paisley Park, which is... Gosh, how would you... What, what what would you kind of say Paisley Park is analogous to? Like, what city? Or what is it just sort of a Vegas thing? Or I feel like I say that too much, though
1: uh oof. the thing is with this show like you can't assume anything isn't a reference paisley park could very well be part prince's like own mythology and i suppose now's as good a time as any of me to put some credentials back on the table again because i'm approaching this episode differently than i did last time by merit of having less knowledge so if you've listened to our previous episode uh i hope you have um i in advance of that like you know I had some history of like liking Nirvana as I was growing up, like one of the first bands I got into, kind of, when I formed my musical taste, which still sucks, but well, I'm working on it, it's a long-term project. Um, anyway, point being, uh, I also then re-watched a documentary that I had seen a couple of years earlier called Montage Effect. I've already spoken about it, I won't belabor the point, but what I will say is that when I came into this episode, here's what I know about Prince. Uh, I know he's an incredibly famous pop star and he, he, even calling him a pop star has probably caused people to like you know come rioting down the streets towards my house. Uh, oh they'll but get over that's it. but that's part of the point. Um secondly I know Purple Rain and that's it. Uh thirdly uh, I know Purple. that his state is incredibly litigious you know <laughs> they 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 will they will they will curb stomp a motherfucker. They they will
0: go for the throat. Not so, not unlike the man himself.
1: Yeah and fourthly and lastly i have a general a very general idea of what prince's music was about but even then i must stress much as i said with everything else that doesn't make my uh you know assessment of that correct or even necessarily accurate i will leave that to yourselves be the judge so i'm going to get this episode from a completely different angle than the previous one um but i've I've got a lot to say on that later and how that played into how i actually rather like this episode as opposed to the last one where I just kind of felt, yeah. Although this episode does have some problems of its own, but I think that they're also symptomatic of a wider problem, uh, which I will hint drop now was a problem I had with Franks, by the way. Okay. Uh, Problem in the Franks. Ah, Ah, that was good. I like that. Uh, I'm bringing it up, by the way, also because like apparently Franks has been seeping onto my Twitter timeline again as of what And, yeah, it really has. It's happened twice now. How? What? Who? I, I don't. I don't know. I get the feeling it's like one of those like dark celestial events you hear about in say The Witcher, where it just comes back around every so often and people run and hide.
0: It's not uh, like uh, you know. It's not like one of those things where you type in a search and then you see Amazon ads for it, because it, it's not like something that you recently started talking. You've never stopped talking about it. So what would be distinct now as opposed to a year well, ago well, or I've, six months ago? Well well,
1: you know, I mean I have like rarely i've ever seen anything pop up on my timeline about it as of late.
0: Yeah. Only, that's what I mean. It's I, weird.
1: The only reason I talk about it as often as I do is because it's a really, really useful like comparison point in so many ways of how to, you know, right royally fuck something up. Yeah. Um, in a lot of respects. So it's, it's you know it's like my uh bing, my completed bingo card of critical points. Uh, one of those points of which I will bring up in respect to this episode and the wider show that is listeners later. But anyway, uh, yeah, my knowledge of Prince very very minimal. I haven't even looked up the Wikipedia article. All I know is that yeah, he's got a he's got an idea. He's got a motif, and my understanding of that motif, which again is not necessarily the accurate uh, understanding of what that is. I think this episode did very well, um, but we will get to that later. Anyway, I will pass the baton back to you, Doc, to continue the plot summary.
0: Sure. Um, and I've been uh, perusing the internet while you've been talking. uh Uh-oh. Apparently, Paisley Park, right, was, you know... So, just to take a step back here and do the thing that you just did, uh, I would call myself a fan of Prince's music, but, like, n- like I-, I would say that uh, it's not in the same devoted way that I would be of say my bloody valentine like we talked about in episode 3 or and the same level of interest I have in the person despite understanding he's an interesting guy like is is that's not there for me the same way it was with you uh re uh Kurt Cobain uh f- talking about last week's episode so um I you know it's easy to spot like you know the, the the that dinka is prince because like you said he's got such a distinctive look and it's 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 the look it's the purple and the the neck wear and uh the hair the, and the, uh, yeah
1: the symbol or the, the yeah all the and all, all, of it. all the like, things even i mean the mustache exactly the, mustache. the
0: facial hair it's like yeah and i mean it's you know it's the same look that dave Chappelle parodied when he did the true hollywood stories with charlie murphy about prince which I still find amusing to this day. Um pancakes. <laughs> so if anyone you've seen the sketch you'll understand. So uh but but I was looking at um so I, I'm sorry. I need to finish the point I was making which was I there are some song lyrics, song titles that I heard. I was very surprised that party like it's 1999 was not referenced. Like super duper surprised. But um they talked about Purple Rain of course. Famous record, famous movie. Um if you haven't seen any Prince's movies, they're fucking wild. Like I don't often use this term um uh because it's sort of someone else's thing, but buck wild I think is a great way to characterize the Prince Cinematic oeuvre uh do you mean the the
1: Prince Cinematic Universe? (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
0: The PCU. The
1: PCU, yeah. The
0: PCU is, is quite something. Um
1: I mean when you when you described his movies then as being book wild, I haven't seen them, but I again know probably about like the the most like basic level, like entry level pop culture knowledge standard about Prince and even I would have to say, like, if these movies are book wild, then you can refund my ticket, please.
0: They're very strange and compelling in a weird way. They used to come on... Boy, digging to date myself here. They used to come on VH1.
1: And I thought, be I thought you were about to television. say the Sci-Fi Channel. No.
0: no. <laughs> what if they. You know, uh, as wild as they are, I, they... Not quite at home on that network, but, I, you know um vh1 was uh a channel how do you are you aware of vh1 i know with mtv yes, of course I is am. universal but i don't know if you know vh1
1: uh yes the pepsi to mtv <laughs> thank
0: you very much this is a perfect way to put it so we can now move on without dwelling on that um
1: i need to be tied more often clearly i'm on my game right now
0: so sign of the times revolution uh love sexy all these are like prince record titles and um but like the sort of larger world you know of paisley park there were probably like a lot of references that the sort of devoted prince fan would really uh notice and gravitate to and think is cool um so I know that that was his record label and also, like, his studio and also one of his houses. And also, after he passed away, it sort of became like Prince's Graceland. Uh, you can, for the last four years, you you can't now, of course, because of the coronavirus, but um, you could tour Paisley Park. And apparently it's a 65,000-square-foot complex, uh, which is a sort of museum and such. And so I imagine, I imagine that a lot of the aesthetic of Paisley, the, the sort of city of Paisley Park in this episode takes its cues from the Paisley Park complex. Um,
1: makes sense to me I mean I was personally thinking that it had been stolen and lifted straight out of a Persona 5 dungeon but well what do I know
0: dude that's so wow that's oh my gosh I had not even considered that but that that's perfect that makes complete sense actually <laughs> um, but anyway like okay, so we're at the very beginning here yeah um, our, our main characters are in this new city as as we know they're looking for Denka um, is Dinka a Prince reference? I'm... I actually thought originally
1: that Denka was the Japanese word for Prince, but I actually looked is it, it, it up and I don't believe it. it I, no, I, it isn't. Uh, the answer to that question is... Look over there, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, um, okay. Uh, you're missing out, by the way, the opening flashback before the k- credits start.
0: What was the flashback? Remind me.
1: Uh well, uh, Denker's, uh, it's, what is it, Project Freedom, which has uh-huh. the Pink Floyd symbol on it. And I'm like, okay, my theory is getting even more and more closer to being reality that they're going to shoot a giant laser through the oh, Pink Floyd prism.
0: Did, did you see the preview for next week?
1: Yeah, if we're getting it. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm i sorry, but if you don't had to happen. fire a laser f- through that prism and like blow up a ton of like earless with it or the new Bouton sisters, what are you doing? What, what are, are you doing? Your job? Just, come just quit on. um but anyway <clears throat> uh yeah this is prince like having a meeting uh the valentines are there or at least Billin is oh know, yeah
0: the key's worried <laughs>
1: the crown still uh, it's like it's like i said well, i mean come on if you've got the crown you've got to wear it you can't <laughs> not i'd be worried that shit all the time if i had a proper crown <laughs> uh, just... but anyway Uh, They're having a discussion about this plan to wipe out the earth, and this, I presume, Project Freedom is meant to be the fest that the villains have previously brought That is correct. Uh, But there's a bunch of people from the town of Gnome, uh, a very small place, I hear. Hey!
0: hey, hey. Is that where Uh, Jimmy's from? (laughs) Pass. Could not tell you. It made me wonder uh, if, like, our friend and former guest for the Macross Frontier episode, Jimmy Gnome, if this was, like, some sort of deep future reference that he was seeding with his screen name.
1: I, it could very well be, like, what well, if it turned out that Jimmy Gnome is actually Jimmy Stone? <laughs> Jimmy like He Jump
0: to our timeline.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, that'd be quite a thing if, you know, like, Echo and Mew just opened the door in, like, the 11th episode and you just arrive in the real world. So, uh, Prince, I'm just going to call him Prince, even though he goes by again from, like, <laughs> Let's let's you know. Let's just call an apple an apple here, right? You know. Uh, so Prince uh, tells you know the meeting group of people, which includes the mayor from the first episode, the mayor of Liverchester, whose name I can't remember. Uh, includes uh, Bill and Valentine. Uh, right. Here's the plan. We're going to wipe out all these earless, uh, but then you know, as I say, uh, we also need to host a group of people from the town of Nome who want to coexist with them. Uh, one thing I'll note about the people from Nome, they are wearing a specific set of clothing that I think has similar symbols to that that the New Bowson sisters are wearing.
0: Hmm. Intriguing. I did not notice. I'll have, to, I'll have to check into this. Mm,
1: yeah, get get your uh, get your spies on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, Jimmy is past this congregation here and he says something to the effects of I don't feel love in your radiance. And I'm like, dude, you talk as a Prince. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I know, right? Come like, on, dude. Geez, Jesus Christ, might as well well whipped his peck around and slaps him with it. Well, I think then Prince might have liked that because he seems very enamored with Jimmy, to be quite honest. He,
0: he truly does, uh, which I think in the, in the final line of the episode is, Tell Jimmy, I still love him. Um, call, call me Jimmy. Look, um, the f- so I googled Paisley Park, right? As I told you before, mm-hmm. and uh, the first line on the PaisleyPark.com home studio hit from Google is, Love is the color this place imparts and Jimmy freaking stone free gonna sit there and tell Denka aka Prince aka Kiddo uh, that he doesn't feel his love what do you, come on Jimmy who are you who the fuck are you am i right
1: i mean i know that's the second worst thing he's uh, sorry the worst thing he's done in the entire show second worst being actually ending the world
0: Exactly. You you put those in their proper uh, order of terribleness. So, mm. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Mm.
1: So, carrot, take it take it away, doc. So, after okay. Back, we the uh,
0: so the flashback, which I've forgotten, and but that's okay because they actually kind of talk about a lot of that toward the end. But anyway, so our boy and girl, you know, besties are uh, at Paisley Park, uh, and they uh, are. Finding work, um, you know. I, I guess as part of like getting d- d- deep cover, the kind of thing that they did, like enrolling in the in the school to um to to get cover that they needed to find out about Jimmy last episode. So mm-hmm. uh, they get they're grilled, they're interviewed. Uh, And Moo is chosen to uh, work at, hmm, hmm, what, what do I, hmm, I'm struggling. What, what do you, is she, is she, you wouldn't call her a sex worker per se, right? But she like, dudes come, wait a minute. I'm sorry. That's no, no. don't don't leave off saying that. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Whoops. M- m- people. Oh. Um. People go to the place to s- sit and talk to her via a phone, as if either she or they were in prison, because there is a plastic sheet between them while they're talking on the phone. And mm-hmm. it's not like phone sex, because why would you need to be in the same place? But that they also, it's its just not that that's not what it becomes, but they ask strange questions like what is the number of love or what time is love? And she says, Oh, I don't know. Two o'clock. And then the man says, rainbow bridge. And it made me feel that, uh, y- like right, I was back okay. in high school, not understanding what the older boys were talking about. Because <laughs> I don't know what the fuck all this means. Uh,
1: okay, okay. So to break this down, uh, this is a real thing. Like, as in, like this practice, this like setup. Um, I have not been to one before anyone asks. What
0: are they called?
1: Nope. I mean, I have Discord for that these days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't know. Uh, I know it's a real thing. <laughs> okay, okay. confident but here's the way it works. Right? I think the intent behind it is that you can have this conversation with a woman like, you know, and you can ask her all like sexy questions. Like, what are you wearing? Like, what's the color of your underwear? Blah, 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 blah. Um, I think the intent is because you know, there's someone just on the other side of the glass, but you can't see them. That plays into the whole erotic fantasy kind of thing. That's my guess. Mm. I think, I think that, I think it's a feature in our book, as I've said, like, I think it's a deliberate obfuscation of who's there so you can, like, it plays with your imagination.
0: So they couldn't see her?
1: No. Oh, uh, at least I don't... Wait, actually, no, hold on. They could. I thought Because there was they... a point in which Echo... Yeah, sorry, I'm misremembering. Because there's a point where Echo and Moo, like, actually see each other through the glass. I think that maybe you can keep it down or keep it up if you want. I yeah, yeah, I which, think...
0: I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I d- whatever I don't your pleasure like, is.
1: Whatever your pleasure is. And the rest of it, the stuff that was confusing there was just, like, references to random stuff like rainbow bridge that's got to be a prince reference
0: it, it must be it
1: okay. must be uh but yeah i would actually would describe her as a sex worker if you want to use a very broad term because like you know like you can arguably say that for example cam girls are sex workers and is this oh for sure removed from, for sure removed from that i so I'd that's say, an interesting yes.
0: yeah yeah i mean it's an interesting question philosophically that like has nothing to do with the show hardly at all right but i mean Anyway, uh, let's just talk about uh, what Echo was up to because he was subjected to the same interview process. Although his interviewer seemed to be grilling him a little bit more, um, and he ended up get put uh, getting put in uh, basically a field that he would really enjoy. Like he got to be tinkering with stuff. What did he do? What was he doing exactly? Uh, scrubbing floors. Okay. But he got to like, you know, get in there and flip switches and twiddle knobs and.
1: It's like it's, like it's like working as a gentleman who cleans, uh, you know, cars at a parking lot. Like, hey, this this you know this Mercedes here, this Audi, it's pretty mm. it's pretty swish. I'll never own one, but I get to clean it. That's something. That's the way right. I would describe it.
0: That's a good yeah. That that works for me. So, uh, but they get put in the same dorm Moo and Echo. Uh and they're not entirely happy about it because they had a bit of a fight. Turns out, um Moo went and spent a bunch of money uh without asking Echo, but I believe she spent it on something for Echo because he was complaining of some kind of ailment, right?
1: He had a bat problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and uh she, you know, bought him something for it, and he was upset that she spent the money, so they had a bit of a fight. Uh, but, you know, they're, you know, in the same room, so uh, they are mildly annoyed about this, but uh, they eventually get over it, I think. Um, and, gosh, so they they go about their day doing their jobs. Um, Echo, of course, is in a sort of... I'll confess, aggravating moment I found, um, like the the guy who is like Echo supervisor. Once he gets paid, is like, hey, 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 come on, buddy, you got your first paycheck. Let's let's take you down to the the red light district type area of Paisley Park, which definitely is a thing. And I'll show you how what to do with that money as a man. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to now do some innuendos because they're real good. Everybody likes them. Pillars. I mean,
1: I mean, you're saying about hydrants. innuendos. And I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention at this point that when both Echo and Moo get jobs, uh, Wendy and Lisa, the people who give them these jobs, uh, they give Moo a number six and they give yep. Echo a number nine. Have a think yeah, about that's that what for a
0: moment. Yeah. <laughs> Just, that's, that's what I was saying I think right before my mic went sideways was that, that she was assigned the number of girl. Uh, she was assigned the, the code girl 6 as a as a setup for this joke. Um they reveal much later that Echo is boy 9. Um,
1: yeah. I actually audibly went nice when
0: nice, that happened. Nice. Yes. Um I have to say like While, as you know, Shadon, and as you know, listeners, not being, like, averse to naughty comedy myself, um, not being, like, prudish or anything, like, this, the the comedy in this episode just didn't land with me. I don't know. It didn't, I didn't really find it all that uh, super clever. Um, It was just very, like, like, everyone's very sex positive, and there's a lot of like innuendo and puns, and there are some creeps. Uh, you know the 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 boss being a creep. Um,
1: he gets his later on, though, to be fair, which is welcome. What's that? He gets his later on. Yeah. He gets-
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. Um, but I don't know. I was. I it didn't. And I didn't love, I didn't love the 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 comedy stuff this time around. Um,
1: um, well, the funny thing is, so. I'll, I'll I'll interrupt here and just say that I actually do agree with you, but I think that it's part of a wider small smallish kind of problem that this episode has. Where, believe it or not, I'm going to be arguing in favour of there being more fan service, which is not something that I would normally say. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I yeah. think that the I think that this episode struggles to strike a balancing act between being listeners in of itself and also getting completely into what Prince is about because again speaking from my very limited experience here like it plays some things a bit safe and there's one particularly egregious moment where I was like oh god really you're not going to do that of all things you're just going to go away from it but we'll get to it when we get to it in in summary which will be later
0: Okay. Uh, speaking of Wendy and who's the other young lady I remembered Wendy Lisa. I guess there are they references to famous Prince lovers Carmen Electra is the one that I know. I'm sure there are others. Pass, um, maybe uh, Lisa's Lisa, um, or maybe Lisa Presley was she? least I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Lisa, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe the Prince fans among the listeners to this podcast, ho, and our listeners, ho, ho. can tell us. Um. Let's see. So what else happened? Um where was I? Um, gosh. I don't recall where I was so um They've met up, they're in the dorm. Um you know Echo uh oh yeah, right. So <laughs> Echo that this is why I talked about the boss being in creep. because he, he pulls Echo into uh you know the the red light district type area and like basically drops him off right at the door of this place that Moo works after getting him all uh riled up and uh you know amorous and what have you uh and just shoves him in there and so he's like oh yes I'm gonna go and you know find out what this is about and then he sits down and it's Moo and so like what they say gack, which I didn't know that was the thing that you said when you were surprised.
1: It's more of a do you sound effect. Say... I, I don't say it's you more of a sound effect.
0: No, <laughs> I do say
1: gacks occasionally, but only with disdain. Uh, anyway. So um, I have yeah. to say, like, I was very surprised that Echo didn't pick up the phone and just say, um, yeah, actually, can I get uh, two portions of onion rings? Can I get a pepperoni <laughs> pizza, doner kebab, you know? I feel like that would have been in the spirit of him to have sort of taken it completely innocently and just said fake stuff like, what do people do on the phone? Like, normally.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, despite being uh, the innocent that he is, he's not a complete idiot. No. You know what I mean? Like, he knows where he is. Uh, sadly, he doesn't really know too much more than that. Uh, but, so, anyway. Um, what else happens in this episode? Uh, Prince you know, longs for Jimmy Stonefree. Oh,
1: before you you go any further, Doc, uh, at the end of that scene where he goes to the phone call, um, he actually, like, ends up calling Mew by accident, and that results in her admonishing him, uh, which will be important for something I will discuss later, but she says, like, men. So, yeah, this
0: is what I mean. This is what what I said was frustrating about it, is because, you know, she... She says the thing that's true, like, ah, like, you, you know, you men, like, you get your paycheck and then you rush right here to a place like this that I am working at. um, And, you know, that's all, but, like, it's sort of not his fault, and, you know, I don't know. He just gets kind of stuck with that. Um, I feel like the responsible party here is his uh, shitty boss but um but whatever yeah um she she's upset with him like I said it because it is moo that uh he encounters here and you know she's like well what would you have done if it'd been someone else um and all that sort of thing and he's run it. away it's a weird run
1: away he'd have run away Terran.
0: <laughs> <laughs> probably uh it's not. I don't know. I did not enjoy this part of the, the episode at all. But anyway, at some point, uh, it cuts to Prince himself in um, a creative outfit uh, in a bathtub, you know, that is a very sort of classic bathtub with like flower petals along the surface of the, the water there. And he's Sticky thinking about Jimmy free. Yeah. It's, it, the, he's, he's
1: he's in his breakfast bowl.
0: Yes. <laughs> the the fifteen hours was it fifteen days and seven hours he spent with Jimmy so he definitely has that down uh, and oh gosh so Moo and Echo end up fighting the the two ladies that have been their kind of liaisons with uh getting into working for Dinka. Um, and it's Wendy and um, Lisa, as we said, and they are like the first Avenue core or something like that. Basically, they're famous but,
1: yeah.
0: uh, players and they fight them. Uh, they being Echo and Moo, fight them and get trounced pretty easily. And uh, I think that they're about to get kicked out of Paisley Park, but Echo begs to let them stay please 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 we really need to meet dinka let us fight you one more time one week from now and we promise we'll do better we won't lose so they make it a big spectacle they sell tickets and everything and uh they do the fight and echo and mu win this time because they're you know in sync um i don't really know kind of what has happened to like change uh but we'll talk about that i'm sure um, what, um one thing i'll talk changed... about right now
1: by the way is that i d- like if you've ever watched transformers the movies like a common complaint you'll have uh or you'll hear with them is that the robot designs for most of them uh say for perhaps bumblebee the specific as in the movie not the character because the character design in the other films is pretty shocking but they're all really <laughs> visually noisy like they're just stuff taped onto stuff over and over and they look like impossible to follow and I won't belabor this point, but I had the same issue here with Wendy and Lisa's robot. It mm. was way, way too crammed full of stuff. Like, there's not really a clear profile to it. It's just got speakers on I'm like, what the... F- this is a mess. It was just complete overkill. But I'll say no more than that because, well, I've made my point.
0: Yeah, well, it's like, on the one hand, a, a prince mecha. You know, just... That idea, you feel like, well, there's going to be a lot going on with it conceptually. But at the same time, Prince would never allow his mecha to be a shitty mecha design. You know what I mean? Well, Any well, mecha well. associated with Paisley Parker, his brand would be like just the pinnacle of uh, his like aesthetic. I feel like it would be very clean, very striking, and not, like you said kind of just having too much going on and messy.
1: Well, the thing is he does because that's not his Mecca. He has his own, which we'll discuss a little later.
0: (laughs) Sure. Oh, right. Well, I guess, I mean, what I mean to say is that that, that Mecca, I, it is sort of associated with his brand because those ladies work for him directly. Oh shit. Do you reckon they're going to get sued by his estate? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right. Um, so anyway, yes, I I agree with you about your robot complaint here. Um so uh <clears throat> excuse me. Also, at some point in the interim between the two fights, uh, or maybe it's after, a prince basically tells uh Echo and Mu, you know, about his encounter with Jimmy. And It turns out that, you know, Jimmy didn't want to be a part of the big plan to get rid of the Earless and the known people. Uh, He was like, hey, man, we're all the same. We sound the same, bro. It's all good. And Prince was basically like, well, you're fucked. (laughs) The plan's in motion already. Uh, So Jimmy uh, turned against the rest of the players and... You know, sided with uh, the opposition. And so the operation was a failure. And Prince has been longing uh, for the last, you know, 10 years to see Jimmy again. But the coming of Echo and Moo has kind of made him realize that, oh gosh, a whole decade has passed here and I've been stuck. And my time has passed. It's these kids' time now. They're going to make something new. I need to be moving on too to make something new. Um, And. It uh, turns out also uh, that Jimmy is the sister, rather the brother, excuse me, of Moo.
1: There is. I mean, Mu. we had, I had basically this like rotating like uh, Wheel of Fortune board with all uh-huh. of the labels that would apply here, uh, sister, clone, daughter, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and eventually we found it. So we got there in the end. But I mean, that was like as obvious as day that there was some connection yeah. between the two. Indeed. Uh, By the way, I won't get into this because I feel I should save this discussion for when we get to the end of the show, but the whole idea of like this Prince character saying like my time has passed, it's time for new people in a show which in of itself is struggling at times to have its own identity beyond the very people it's referencing, uh, is that irony? it feels like it's irony it make. might
0: it might be it might yeah, be yeah
1: or, or even maybe if you're a hypocritical but uh <laughs> then again actually hypocrisy is a is an idea in this episode that i will discuss in a little bit so maybe that's the point who knows but yeah i you can't really make a statement like that through a character isn't himself like you know basically a real person just adapted into anime form you know but anyway that's a discussion for the end of the series i think
0: i guess so um did i miss any really big points i don't know i think i hit most things that's that's all i got for the summary
1: that's pretty much all we need to know really at least uh any of the other more specific stuff is just like window dressing but yeah you are correct oh uh i'll mention by the way that they are indeed going to gnome country at the end of this episode and the map of it is Ah. uh is yes's roundabout cover uh which I know because I actually listened to Yes's Roundabout after hearing it in JoJo's.
0: I was gonna say, I mean, how could you, how could you not? It's, it's a tremendous song. And mm-hmm. look, you know what? I don't, I don't often do this. Okay, maybe I do often do this, but I'm gonna do it again. Guess what, everybody? I knew Roundabout before JoJo's. You, it was I thought, cool. you knew I thought it, it was, it was cool. good and cool before JoJo's Bizarre Adventure E D One. Season one had it. I was on that shit. Respect me. <laughs> Give me clout. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it depends on how much you want to pay for it. But all right, uh,
0: all right. Yeah, okay. talk, talk, talk to me here. Discuss this show.
1: All right. So I broadly like this episode a fair bit, but I do have that complaint I mentioned before in the Frank's vein of things. So I might as well get that out there now, so I can discuss the things I liked afterwards. And it goes something a bit like this. um One of the problems I had with Franks, uh, particularly in the earlier episodes, until I realised that it was never ever going to really fulfil this promise that it should have, you know, kept to the audience, was what's the Franks? By the
0: way, this <laughs> the sound that you hear if this is kept in. I thought just my dog is um like sneezing slash wheezing. It's a thing she does. Like it's sort of like a reverse sneeze. Um, so I apologize I, I'm looking at audacity and it's picking it up so if this if this gets left in after noise correcting and and such I just want you to know first of all it's not me and second of all I'm sorry
1: oh that's fair if I always believed your dog was doing your voice anyway on the podcast but never <laughs> mind. Um so um, like the thing about Franks one of, the, one of the many many problems I had with it and this is why I said it's like the bingo card of criticisms because there's so much disgust that's wrong with it in many different ways. One of the problems I had with it was that it didn't, to me, sell the fret. I didn't feel like we were under any immediate danger or, like, what the stakes were for the wider world. Uh, listeners, the more as time goes by, it's starting to fall into that trap. I agree. Um, because, like... Okay, first off, we have one group of people that want to side with the illness and one group that don't. Why? Uh, second question. Uh, we've gone through five episodes now of those episodes, only I'd say we're about even, maybe, on ones that show, like, that the world is in a bad place versus those are not. I mean, let's be honest, Pacey yeah. Park, doing pretty well for itself. It's a full-blown city, and indeed, like, when they're leaving later, like, we get to see even more of it. And, yeah, the earless attack, but so what? Prince blows them away in a single hit. It doesn't seem like they're any threat here. Like, furthermore, now that I think about it, like, back to episode one. Like were the ailurs attacking Liverchester before then until Moo showed up? Like apparently not, but like in that case they can't be all that dangerous. Like why is the, why is the like why is the threat here? What is the like you know worst case scenario? What happens if the if the A-lists are not defeated? And you might say well maybe they're not meant to be because that's what Jimmy's after. Like well that's all well and good, but why does he want to coexist with them? What's the what's the dealio here? What's the what's the philosophy? You know. Uh, we are now sufficiently into this show, in my opinion, that this should have been strongly established, but it hasn't. And it doesn't even have the same amount of time as Franks did. And yeah, okay, that didn't help Franks. It still squandered it. But, you know, when you're working within a limited time frame, you still have to make things happen within that, you know? Hmm. Oh, oh, I didn't have enough time to properly establish why we should care about these, you know, these villains or, you know, this evil force. Whatever. Like, I mean... The thing is, it could very well turn out that they will end up being like the Klaxisaws in a sense, like as I originally suspected, which is that they're not really the threat as such. It'll be more Jimmy. Perhaps. But, again, we're five episodes in now. And I'll get, grant them this, I'm glad that they finally got that revelation out there that Mu is related to him. But, we need to have something like substantial done with that for it to matter. Like, Dropping it as a, ooh, oh my god, it's a, you know, turns out that they're, you know, brother and sister. Ah, like it's, you know, the big dramatic beat. That in of itself is not enough for me. it It's not like, you know, you don't earn points for that. You need to do something interesting with it. Uh, but Mew has like no memories of like her past. So I don't know how this is going to go. But yeah, like overall, like what is the threat here? Like the stakes don't seem clear to me in the slightest. And I don't know why I should care
0: mm-hmm well uh i definitely agree actually as <clears throat> excuse me as someone who like has been fairly into the show up until this point uh, this yeah th- it's starting to fall flat for me because because of the things you've been saying in the past kind of coming home to roost and the things that you're saying right now, I understand the kind of establishing um, an existential threat like the earless um, initially as kind of a vague thing, um. But boy, they just—I don't know—they we haven't really seen too much of them, and they they're not really playing too much of a part in the show. I mean, people are talking about them a lot. Um, and maybe this is all the sort of part of the point, but, but I think it, it just, even if that's the case, right. And we see that on the other side of the show, like, ah, that, that was part of, uh, the deal. Like you were saying that, uh, they are just sort of furniture of the world and the real antagonist is Jimmy. Um, it's it's just another kind of it, it feels like um sort of a loose thread it feels like the show just sort of not not delivering not being interesting enough not not following through on on things um this episode f- feels I don't know, I needed, I think I just, especially after last episode, which I generally enjoyed, I did. I, I think, I don't know, I just needed some forward momentum, and I just don't think we got any. I mean, we learned a little tidbit at the end, but, like, I just didn't find everything before that, like, entertaining. I really just didn't. I was not uh, into what was happening to the characters it, it, this episode made me like question Shadon. Like, why do I, why do I like these two characters? Like, what's what's really there, uh, with them, and what's really there between them? Like, I thought, I thought we were kind of getting somewhere with that, but like, I don't know. This episode, I was just thinking about it, and it all after after watching and just feeling so unable to get into it, I just felt pretty hollow, and I was like, maybe this show is just hollow. Like, maybe there's not. A lot of meat on the bone, as you often say, because like a a great example of like it's almost a microcosm, really, of what I feel like the show is not not really earning like between the two fights with um, Wendy and Lisa it's really unclear to me like why they lost the one but one the other they being Moo and and echo like what about their relationship change like how did they harmonize how did they they face each other i mean they talked to dinka for for like a second and he was like you guys are doing great it's not about your balance you need to face each other like he told them a thing and then they got in there and beat these two famous persons. i don't know it just wasn't enough like and this whole episode just felt like rushing around for for such a little payoff, man.
1: Hmm. I don't entirely disagree with your feeling about the fight there, but I think that there are some visual cues to it that I'll bring up later. Um, but I would also agree that, oh yeah, we did kind of abridge like, the whole time frame here. I mean, a, a week passes between the match and the rematch, but that flies by in like two to three minutes. So it doesn't really sell like, as you say, that there's been much of a change in what's going on between the two of them. I don't even think we see them again at the dorm after, like, you know, the first fight, mm. which would have been a moment they could have put in there, like, where they could have gone, like, at a massive route. Like, what, why did we screw up? Like, you weren't shooting the amp properly. Like, no, you missed your kick or whatever. Like, you know, they could have had a massive route. And then that would have been the point where they came to some mutual understanding. Uh, because this episode does have a theme about it, and it's like, something that ties into Prince's aesthetic, which is duality. But I'm going to discuss that in a little bit. Sure. Uh, but I think that I've, having heard what you said there, Doc, I think I've identified to me at least what I think the problem is. This episode, as much as I liked it, and the previous episode, much as I didn't like that one, were too overly indulgent in the mythology behind the artists that they were like looking at, uh, Cobain and Prince. The Valentine's one. That to me felt like a more optimal blend of actual, yeah. like listener-specific world-building um it wasn't for also for example set in this like magical like you know uh completely secluded uh business as usual academy or city like it was the valentine's airship which still had that kind of post-apocalypse world-wandering sense to it but i think the moment we got to the academy in episode four like a lot of that mystique kind of disappeared from the show proper where you know that it was the end of the world just kind of didn't feel like anymore Mm Because there were kids going to school fairly normally. And this is only more problematic with this episode because there's a full-blown fucking city. Um,
0: And it loses, like, it loses sort of retroactively the sort of interesting surreality that I thought was present in it. I I believe I remember saying that about the Academy because it was like, oh, you know, once you cross the line of this campus, it's, like, picturesque and idyllic. But, like, actually, there are a lot of these little environments and enclaves and cities that like seem to be surviving and thriving despite the apocalypse. And that just, I don't know, like without like a bird's eye view of what's happening, it just kind of feels um, like what is, what are they getting at? Like, what's the, what's the point? It just feels a little bit chaotic and like, I don't know. I don't really know what the thought process is and it makes the Academy feel less special. I interrupted yeah. you. Please go on.
1: I'm, I'm going to basically describe it as the reverse Fallout problem, which is imagine if you leave a vault in Fallout and everything's fine.
0: <laughs> that would be, yeah. Yeah. It's turn that, game that, off.
1: <laughs> that's that's the mood I get from this, and that's a problem. And I think that it's because, again, it's indulging too much in spending time with the, like, let's just call them the artists, because that's what they are. Like, you know, turning Kirk Cobain into a child, whatever, is Kurt Cobain. This is sure. Prince. No matter what way you slice it. Like it's it's really trying to be a love letter to both of them. Although I am of the opinion this is a much stronger love letter to Prince because this one feels like it's reverence of who he is as opposed to Kirk Cobain, where I was like, you know, his time with Courtney Love was only one part of his life. You don't need to make it the whole thing. But anyway, that's <laughs> a that's I've already discussed that point to death, so I'll not repeat myself. Um so yeah, like that is a problem for this show and it really, really needs to kick this into high gear now to bring it back. And it can do, because I think there was some hints yes. of that in the Pink Floyd uh, like, you know, preview where the shit seems to be hissing the fan again. But I will say this, if it's a post-apocalypse and you've got a giant pink neon city that's doing pretty well for itself and is also, I mean, not even that, but in the universe is guarded by princes like giant floating like, you know, spaceship mecha that just wipes everything out in one go. Can you blame me for thinking that, the, you know, the airless are not really the all-consuming threat that they're otherwise told to be? Right. I mean, never... Right. I mean, Project Freedom, like, you know, it's fine. We're good, you know? It's it's no big deal. We're, we're all right. And when, you know, when the threat is no big deal, like I mentioned with the Klaxosaurs or whatever in Franks, then, well, IDGAF. <laughs> That's not yeah. something you want to say about a show, really, is it?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. And, uh let's hope that jimmy is not reprising the role of sarah kerrigan this time around
1: oh bloody hell
0: bloody hell
1: don't, um uh, it can't be ever be that bad again though
0: <laughs> i don't think i so. mean
1: I dice that oh like i i trust him from why no to not do Nishigori, as we'll call it
0: yes yes the the floor is much higher you you want to believe Although, that being said,
1: there is, there is a specific moment in this episode where I was like, no, that's actually kind of Nishigori-esque if you want to use that, you know, comparison right. point.
0: Yeah. Uh, in
1: fact, I'll mention it now because I'll get it out there. Like, the other complaint I have is that to say that Prince was all about his sexuality, uh, both in terms of who he was, like, and, you know, him being straight by etc., or just sexuality and, you know, eroticism in general. Mm-hmm. Like, saying that is a massive understatement. That <laughs> yeah. is all him. He devised his own, like, you know, gender symbol which is also part of the outfit he's wearing in this episode, and is also, like, the underside of his giant floating ship. You know, uh, the, there are, you know, people say, like, there's the two genders, but for Prince, like, fuck you. he exactly. he, was, he, he knew it was on a spectrum well before anyone else did. Uh, okay, I, I lied. I'm sure people could correct me on that, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But why in that case, then, does the sexuality of this episode feel so tame in turn?
0: It sure does. Boy. This is
1: why I was saying that, like, you know, I feel that it needed more fan service, but. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a crazy thing for me to say. I would normally never be in favor of arguing that. But the thing is, like, when I've said in the past that I hate fan service, what I hate about it is when it's put in there for no reason. Like, it's just, you know, you're having a conversation and suddenly it just shows this, like, girl's, like, you know, tits flying out somewhere or she's wearing a skimpy outfit for no reason whatsoever. Like, I, I mean, it's like the classic, you know, oh, male character male barbarian wears full plate mail female barbarian wears plate mail around the boobs and the you know undercarriage that kind of problem
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: but here like this is the prince episode so why do we have like you know Wendy and Lisa moving to you know make out of each other and then we cut away from it why not show that
0: uh they probably should have uh yeah they they that would have been that would have been the move And yeah, I agree with you a hundred thousand million zillion trillion percent about the uh, just everything about Paisley Park was. Yeah, it it, it was almost like it wasn't. Yeah, like it was sort of like uh, it was sort of red light districty, but like, I don't know, it didn't. It just... It it didn't have, like, that, like, extra special something. Like, it didn't feel weird enough, you know? And I think as a diversion, which was largely what the episode was, they were going off the beaten path... Their sort of path forward to figure out some information. They being, again, Mecco. Mecco. Uh, That's their ship name. Mecco. Um... (laughs) Like I would have loved for if it had been like you said more, more sexual. But like it, it didn't have to like
1: be um,
0: like uh, sort of how do how do I put this? It could have been more dreamlike and hazy and b- been more sexually charged. And they yes. didn't have to didn't have to like you know I'm not saying they have to like put like boobs on the screen like full full on like there's like creative ways to do it and and ways to get that that sort of ambiance and that air and vibe across without uh sort of you know cheesing off the tv people so yeah i it it didn't i don't know it didn't it didn't do enough it felt uh it just felt a little like a cheap a very cheap kind of imitation but like it which is which is weird You know, because, and unfortunate, because, like you said, you definitely can tell that the people behind this work love Prince. Oh, hell yeah. Love Prince.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, like, when I was talking about Cobain last time, like, if I was asked, like, do you think that that episode, like, was reverent of him, like, or, you know, a love letter to him, I would not be able to answer that with any certainty, because I do think there was some of that that was very questionable. This, to me, feels a lot more like it's actually, you know, very... I'm very fond of him but i think that there are certain things that are tying their hands here and um, one thing i want to just expand upon what you discussed there about the idea of being sexually charged like let me just offer you an exercise here. and if you can on listening in particular i know that he's definitely able to do this because he can draw like okay imagine you're drawing an anime character and imagine you're drawing them like for fan service purposes i'm going to contest that that doesn't automatically make them sexy and what do i mean by that yeah. like a lot of that, like, a lot of what makes characters, like, or people sexy is not necessarily just the fact that they're wearing, you know, certain outfits or they've got certain coloured hair or whatever, or even just, like, you know, the free sizes, if you want to bring that back from the previous episode. It's about mannerisms, personality, chemistry, and all that. Uh, and that, to me, like, is the thing that I think a lot of anime mistake, like, you know, fan service for. Like, they substitute for actual, like, eroticism and, like, you know, characters being sexy. So... That, I think, is something that's noteworthy here. Like, that doesn't happen. That's why I'm saying when I want more fanciness, I don't simply mean, like, you know, that everyone starts wearing skimpy outfits or something like that. Uh, I mean as in, like, you know, there's actually more, like, well-charged interaction with people and also stuff that isn't, like, quite so coy about it. Again, like with Wendy and Lisa, uh, that's the Nishigori moment. I was like, okay, I understand, like, you know, Prince was all about, like, man-woman kind of stuff, but at the same time, you know, we have expanded beyond that. So why not... Like, you know, make that a literal thing. Okay, you can say it's subtext and all that. And it's very clear that, you know, like, they're into each other and all that. But at the same time, like, you know, putting things out there in the open, like, full front and center is for the best. But secondly, the thing that I think ties the hands here is the fact that the original characters they've got here, Echo, and Mute, are simply not age-appropriate for the material that they're in. At least in this episode.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. I will give them immense credit for not actually having Mew do anything more than just make some silly comments about, like, you know, the phone calls and such. Very like, in silly, reality, yeah. In reality, it could have been a lot more than
0: <laughs> What did she say? Like, one time she's, like, uh, like a person asked, like, what she's what? wearing or, like, a like a se- she's basically asked a question that requires her to give an answer of, like, a sexy, like, smell or odor.
1: What what, what what gets you going yeah something like that
0: the smell of grilled beef <laughs>
1: hey i mean I, i've been to some korean barbecues i'd agree just saying
0: <laughs> definitely mouthwatering um mm, absolutely yeah.
1: but yeah i think that in some way like i mean you yourself said like hey, why is he taking echo to this place like he's innocent. like that's a valid point it's entirely valid the characters are not age appropriate for this like setting really um That's not to say you can't ever do, you know, stories. Again, like I've said many times, doesn't mean you can't do stories that aren't about that. But this is the problem also with, like, having to do what is essentially a tour of, like, artists that Daisato is fond of in that in one setting the characters make more sense and in others they do not. Um, And there's a kind of inevitability to that. I mean, as much as I complained about, like, the previous episode, like, it's easier for Echo to get behind, like, Kurt Cobain that is Prince, for various reasons, also of which being that, you know, NER was de-aged. You know?
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: So, it's complicated, but I think that whereas I believe the previous episode was them, like, you know, really being reductive with Kurt Cobain as a person, I think there's a slight amount of that here in terms of not necessarily Prince as a person, uh, but more in terms of Prince as, like, you know, what he was about, and also just being a little bit too safe but i'll yeah. leave that f- i'll leave that for people who are actually prince fans to offer like a proper judgment on um, because again i'm coming from this perspective of i know who prince is and i could probably answer maybe one pub question about him if a pub quiz question that is if ever prompted but nothing more than that like i'd recognize purple ray on the music round but everybody else uh, I'll pass I, w- up to
0: I wish he had played a musical instrument like
1: you know that's such a valid point i hadn't even thought about that cuz like
0: the man was like a virtuoso on pretty much any musical instrument he ever touched he was uh incredible incredible musician um not you just You know a now, that,
1: now that you've mentioned that we haven't actually seen to my knowledge anyone play a musical instrument <laughs> no in it's this true show, which is actually kind of shocking when i think about it in that It's way. a bit weird
0: <laughs> but they've all been hooked up to amps but you know,
1: as I've I s- said, though, why don't any of the actual, you know, <laughs> I, any I know. of the equipment actually have a guitar? It's
0: it, it's a it, it becomes a more incisive point each week. Um, I, there were a couple of instances that I thought, okay, that that the show kind of get, really got it in terms of like, uh, like princes. Well, of course, Prince's outfit was, you know, they they got that to a T. But also, like, um, I don't... Was it Lisa who had the kind of big, like, afro hair? Or was mm-hmm. that Wendy?
1: In my, it was one of the two.
0: I, I think it was Lisa. But, like, her outfit, like, with the, the long skirt and, like, the, the dress with kind of the, like, X uh, in front over her chest. Like, I feel like that... Like I feel like I've seen that in a Prince movie, so I thought like that was a good attention to detail, and then just the I, I, design of his bathroom, like with the check floor, the sort of kind of golden leaves, uh, again strewn atro- uh, atop the surface of the water of a very kind of old looking bathtub, and um, not old as in not kept well, but like a classic like uh sort of deal, um, and then there was like a sort of. The, the, the roof was almost like the Sistine Chapel, except it was just Jimmy Stone-free touching the sun, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. That He's felt like...
1: God. He's both God and recipient in that one. Yeah,
0: exactly. That felt like a very Prince thing. Um, so there yeah. were, like, a few details, like, yes, but, like... Um, so I don't want to, like, completely be like, ah, oh, this show totally didn't get it. Um, but, man, it, it, yeah, to, to reiterate our point again... Um, the sort of larger atmosphere um, felt like the like sort of cheap carnival version of what you, what you should, I think rightfully expect from, from something like this uh, that has a a reverence for the, the artist, but therein, you know, again, (laughs) it's the catch 22. Well, maybe that's not, maybe not quite a catch 22. It's not the right phrase, but like, you know, th- the fact that they tried to do it and didn't do it quite well enough is an issue. But it's also an issue that, like, maybe they tried in the first place to lean in so hard and spend so much time doing this the last couple of episodes. I think that's a very fair point for you to bring up, especially at this stage. Like, uh, is it too much homage to... Not just the music, but sort of the persona and aesthetic and life of these larger-than-life musical artists who are worthy of tribute. But, like, we have a story to tell as well that they yes. are not the main characters of. And, like, gosh, I feel like with the things that we have learned, especially this episode, um, it's just not a lot, man. It's not a whole hell of a lot. So... There's bad
1: things out there, and they are bad, because, you know, bad. <laughs> well, okay. <clears throat> I suppose now's as good a time as any for me to bring up my next point. Uh, and this is the positive one. Um, So, as much as I said the prince was about sex, eroticism, sexuality, he was also about connection, as I understood it. And that's the thing that they were going for with the, you know, whole robot fight thing, which you said, and I do agree with, um, that... You know, they kind of abridged the jump from when uh, Echo and Boo were not getting along to when they were by the end of the episode, which also seems a bit odd given what we've seen in the previous episodes. But anyway, Um, first off, I want to really note that there's a lot of really nice little visual cues towards this uh, in the episode proper. When they get to the dorm, I firstly want to note that the floor is red and blue, but the red section has a little, like, triangle, like, that intrudes a bit more on the blue one. So there's your uh, male-on-female, you know, sex metaphor mm. there, which is neat, and that's fun in its own mm-hmm. sure Sure. Um, but also, um, note the interviews. You were very astute in pointing out that the gentleman, uh, you know, is more... Um, he's more pleasant towards mood than he is towards Echo, and this is also reflected in the lighting in the scene. Because yes. The interviews happen at different points in the day, inexplicably, like, even though they're indoors. I don't know why, but I'm thinking he must as wise well to set mood lighting, you know. Like, I mean, it was the Persona, f- again, bringing up Persona 5 again, it was the Persona 5 interrogation <laughs> scene lighting.
0: Uh, right, Sai. Is that her name? What's her Is it Sai? Psy-
1: Psy- Sai Nishima? Yeah. Yes. That's right. Um, so, that was a thing, but also, new um, mentions to Echo when uh, you know they find each other in the sex phone place. Uh, men, they always come here and spend their money like immediately. Now, here's the thing about hypocrisy, right? As I've said many, <laughs> as I've said many times before in this podcast, I don't mind characters fucking up, making mistakes, acting like assholes, or generally being bellends if it's in the service of a point. Um. And this is, like, Mew is in the wrong to be calling Echo out for this, not just because, admittedly, of the context that you brought up in which she was kind of dragged into it, but also because she's been doing that for a week by this point, or at least a couple of days. It's not the same day that she's, you know, uh, that they uh, encounter each other. So she's been happy to handle it for men that she doesn't know, but when it's someone she does know, that's when it becomes a problem, especially someone that she's relatively close to as Echo. And the thing is, though...
0: What are, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. what, what are you doing here you shouldn't be doing this why not but <laughs> yeah. th- that's that's the thing though it's a true observation of how we work like yeah we're not perfect people like i for example like you know wouldn't have say like you know a like if i had a, a kids of my own like i wouldn't want them doing that kind of work but at the same time like you know i don't mind other people do it it's like it is a hypocrisy and it makes you re-examine who you are so i like that moment coming up there where she makes that comment and that's a, a lot of this episode like being around gender lines and such where you know people have different understandings of like what women should do versus what men can do i mean that's why echo's working in you know the equipment place even though i'd argue <laughs> right. actually even though even though i'd argue that both of them should work there because well you can't test equipment without a player can you so wouldn't it be helpful to have Mew there to, like, test them? There's a thought. There's a thought. There is a thought. Um, um. Also, another visual cue. Uh, there's a seesaw in this episode. Oh, wait, and... Can I can I ask oh, you about sorry, something
0: that you just mentioned, though, in the last scene? That, hmm, how do I phrase this? Because this is a thing that happens in a lot of different conflicts in in fiction. That has always bothered me um sometimes more sometimes less but i always it always just kind of eats at me when so uh, like you said this moment between moo and echo and her kind of getting mad at him hypocritically like It feels like, and maybe this is just me, like, reveal, you know, unmasking, revealing my true colors. It feels like the joke's on Echo here. And, like, it never comes back around to sort of say, hey, it, you know what? I, sorry. Like, you're good. Like, or, you know, I was making an assumption about you. It's just sort of like, moo says you know ah, like you are like a dirty guy and you're coming to these naughty places ugh typical man uh and he makes some sort of excuses that like don't really address like the core thing that like oh i was basically drug here against my will when my boss took my paycheck and drug me here and kind of convinced me along the way that it was a good idea. Um, it's it just hit it just hit me in a really odd way because like I don't I mean she's not like wrong necessarily out of hand and like saying there's a lot of people that that do this and that's whatever. Um, but I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know i think
1: i think the issue here is not not necessarily that the show is being spirited towards echo but for that moment to happen in which they again i agree with you though they should have really had a moment after the fight where they had an actual fight amongst themselves uh, and then they reconciled like to make that clearer that should have happened and they could have addressed that point as well i think this is just an issue of trying to compact this into a single episode yeah
0: well this happens so often and like something like this there will be god there's so many anime romances that like a misunderstanding will occur and then like the two people will come together without actually working through the, th- the misunderstanding and without actually figuring out it was a misunderstanding. It's okay because the audience knows it's a misunderstanding. So we don't actually have to spend time working it all out. The characters, just, and that's always really bugged me for some reason. It could just be my personality. Maybe it doesn't bother other people um
1: it is a fair criticism
0: but what we're talking about is i, I think like moo and echo's relationship I, I just i'm really not happy with the place it's it's in i i think i mean they, they kind of we see like these like snapshot glimpses i feel like of at different points they are on on in the, a timeline like they're mad at each other they're kind of okay. They're mad at each other. They reconcile. And that's like accurate, right? I mean, that's how relationships go, but like it doesn't mean anything to me watching the show because I don't I don't see um I don't see the coming together and the breaking apart in a way that's not in like a super truncated flashback or in a way I'm supposed to assume happened because Prince told them something.
1: Yeah. On top of that, something you've just made me realize is that, like, do you remember back in episode two when Mew thought she murdered Echo? Yes. And then that was referenced in episode three. Wouldn't that have been the perfect thing to bring up as why they're having trouble, like, still connecting here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, if you... Mm-hmm. Y- like the pieces are in place here but it feels really like you could have just parachuted yourself into this episode after episode one
0: I know yeah 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 I don't disagree and it it contributes to this overall feeling I have like is the show planned out you know what I mean like are, are is there like a big master list of details that have been revealed and like plot points that we need to come back to or is it just sort of I don't know, the fact that, like, these very, like, important points you're bringing up, important events that happen in their lives are just sort of not incorporated into, like, the future growth and not not referenced. I don't know, like, it just, it makes it feel rushed in a different way, like, it makes it feel not put together well, which is a separate complaint from the fact that, like, it feels rushed because... It's just the events themselves that are happening feel rushed because they're trying to do so much in the episode.
1: Yeah, I think, again, this is a, a problem where they're putting too much time into and also ironically not enough into, you know, homaging Prince and not actually then putting enough, uh, you know, effort into their own characters. Whereas, as I say, I think the Valentine episode, that pretty much hit it perfectly, in my opinion that to me felt like it was a good balance. Granted, I, I am not a fan of the Val- of, well, not as much of a fan as my bloody as you are, so I can't comment on that way. But yeah, um, I still think that there's some good visual cues in it. Like, the, the seesaw is going to mention, like- Oh, yes, so, yes. So, obviously, you know, to make a seesaw work, you need to balance on it. So, you know, Echo's on his own, uh, on his own when he's having a talk with Prince, who is actually uh, going by the moniker of Kid, uh, which in itself is a reference to duality because he has one appearance and one persona at one point, and then this one and the other on a ground level, which I thought was really neat. Um, you know, I think that you know, I like Prince, like you know, or any artist who gets famous, like how much of a normal life can you really lead at that point? And one would argue, of course, Prince doesn't want to lead a normal life because that'd be boring as fuck, and I can't really disagree with that. Um, but. I like that he was able to just simply go walking among the streets as kid rather than everyone recognising him. Although, how they didn't, I will never know. <laughs> but the point still stands. Like, you know, again, you've got that duality of I'm, like, you know, the big artist kind, the big player kind of guy. But I can also just be myself, like, you know, walking down the street. That's nice. But the seesaw. Uh, so sounded on his own, of course, when Prince is giving him this discussion. Uh, I believe it's after the fight. Um... I can't remember offhand, unfortunately. Um, and obviously, since Mew's not there, like you know, the seesaw is out of balance. It doesn't work. Oh, sorry, the seesaw scene is not after the fight's before it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's out of balance because um, <laughs> <laughs> she's not there when really she should be if they're having this conversation. If it is just with Kid, uh, and then later on when they're both on the seesaw, uh, it's moving up and down constantly because they're not in alignment with each other. But then when they do get in alignment at the end of that conversation with. Kid slash Denker slash Prince slash whatever, then you know the seesaw is level. So, I think that the episode has a lot of really really good visual cues put into it. Like they really went all in on this, even to the point where they reuse the animation for certain characters, such as the interviewer. But they obviously did it in different contexts. Um, so this is definitely like the strongest part of the episode to me. And I think that it's got some fair observations about how gender lines do influence like roles and such like and job expectations. It's not any deep examination of it, I will stress, because it doesn't have the time to do that. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: But it is there, uh, and I think it's accurate. And I think that that's kind of maybe a little bit of what Prince was trying to get across, as I understand it, again, with my limited perspective in his music, which is it's not simply about fucking. It's not about boning, you know. It's about connection. It's about getting on a a level uh, with each other. And I think that's also why the hypocrisy element from using porn because it is true that gender roles like you know shouldn't really exist. Uh, there shouldn't be you know like any condemnation of a guy just because he takes his money and goes and speaks to a phone phone girl. But at the same time, she shouldn't have been playing that role to begin with. She should have been stuck with him, in my opinion, doing what would have actually been most useful. So, yeah, go <laughs> figure.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess like back to that. I mean, it's like I I guess. That I feel like that's admirable, like your reading of that scene of her calling him out and then the audience reading that as, wow, she's being a hypocrite. Look at these sort of different expectations for um, this person in particular. Um, look at how she's um, kind of treating men or whatever. Uh, isn't this like a double standard or isn't this evidence of like, you know, some arbitrary, like antiquated ideas of sex and gender and sexuality and such like, but it didn't, it just didn't hit me that way. Like it just, it hit me as like, well, let's all point and laugh at Echo. Um, and so I don't know. I, 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 I just, man, I wish it had hit me the other way, but I, there was something about the scene that, that, uh, I don't know. It, it, um, I, I need to go back and rewatch it. Um, but I didn't take that, that other step back that you had done to sort of look at it in the abstract. It just, it just felt like a, a dunk on echo, but I like what you're saying about the seesaw. Um, I didn't, uh, I didn't catch that. I guess I wasn't paying enough attention. And I, it's very symbolic and cool, um, but to me, it's just not like a substitute for seeing those two reconcile in some kind of way. You know what I mean? Or is
1: it. No, absolutely. I I still agree with you there. It isn't like to me this kind of uh, visual uh, symbolism here it's always welcome and always neat, and they really went all in on it. Like, they were in on it pretty much throughout the entire episode. Mm. And I, I, I admire the consistency of that, but the thing is, visual symbolism is no substitute for actual, like, you know, substantive drama and actual, like, you know, character interaction. And again, like I said with the NER episode, maybe this should have been too. We'd have had more time to explore Paisley Park then in that case, which in itself would have been worthwhile doing because it's a cool-looking place. Yeah, Um, you know, we could have had more time spent to like the drudgery of working day on day because like, okay, they're working for pay here so they can then do this fight. Uh, I don't know if any of you have ever worked a day job. I'd hope you have at least (laughs) once. (laughs) Uh, But you know, some weeks it's really, really dull and it takes forever for it to, you know, time to pass before you hit the weekend and things are cool again. You know, you get to do stuff. Uh, Granted, we're not in the most optimal time to be discussing that right now because time has just completely been flushed down the toilet thanks to everything that's going on in the world. But like, even in the past, like, you know, I've had some weeks which have just flown by and I've had some weeks where I've just been like, this is dragging." Who put the boat anchors on? I didn't ask for this. <laughs> so I think that might have sold that a little bit more as well. But yeah, the pacing of this episode for what it's trying to do is too fast. And that's, again, the same like as it was with the previous one ironically i still think the valentine one was paced pretty well that worked. yeah they spent they spent their time with like you know a legendary pair of players and it made sense to me why they would do that in terms of the story because you got the newbies on the block you all learn from them uh and in this case they do indeed learn something from you know prince which is hey we gotta you know we gotta connect properly we gotta get on on a, on a level of understanding with each other and that's an admirable message the build-up to it is just simply not sufficient
0: do you get the feeling that this is the sort of show that we just won't find satisfying overall, but there will be certain like episodes and scenes we take joy in and maybe like, I don't know, maybe it'll have some kind of interesting message, but we'll feel like, yeah, that's an interesting message in conversation, but I don't know if it was worth, you know, spending X amount of hours of my life watching a show to, to get there. Mm.
1: I think that listeners, honestly, I feel for it because I think it's fighting a real uphill battle here. By which I mean, it's one of those things where when you reference like artists so heavily, especially older ones, I should stress. I mean, I still stand by my point that as much as I do admire all the artists that have been putting this so far, like for a modern audience, they may not necessarily know them. And I, to be honest, don't think the show has done that good a job of like necessarily signposting like where the music is or who these people are in reality beyond maybe... Prince, I suppose. But even then, like... I mean, you know what I said before about JoJo's and Roundabout? Do you want to know how I found what Indeed. Roundabout what, like, was in that song? Uh, because it was I'll actually referencing the credits at the end of it. like They had officially licensed it.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I knew what it was, and I could go look it up. But there isn't really such a thing
0: here as that, I'd say. You'd have to you know... You know what? Wow. Wow. that You're so right. Why have I not thought of that? Like, in i can't read you know the credits uh here so maybe that maybe that exists maybe but, that's but part of it, but i just haven't not, seen it
1: yeah uh, i i'm not i don't think it is because i know that i was watching the credits before and they do actually have <laughs> believe they're not licensed from marshall and vox and whatnot to use their logo they're not actually just popping them in there willy-nilly uh which is why they were able wow. to get away from the you know the uh hatch shell like you know uh Mc, mcdenny's kind of <laughs> method of doing things <laughs> in anime <laughs> but um, yes um like, I think that the show wants you to be coming in with some knowledge of who, you know, these artists are. Because it's built, for, certainly for a very specific kind of uh, people, I would say. Like, you know, like, older people, I would say. Like, at least in that sense. But also, it's like, you know, the characters, like, the main ones are young. Um, and I don't know. Like, that's the paradox you run into with this kind of stuff. In the, in being so referential to, like, actual artists. You either have to go really, really hard and do them justice, which, to varying degrees, it hasn't done thus far, I'd say. Or you like keep the references very limited and then make it more about the characters that you've created, but then that will probably end up pissing off the fans who were like into those ISB in within. They didn't go far enough. You can't really win, in my opinion. Mm. Um, I'm sure so, that there's well, the, sure, like an optimal way of doing it that makes this work, but it's not easy.
0: No, I mean. It is, it is tricky, uh, to be sure. I, I'll defend the show slightly here and say that, like, I do think the idea is to, like... You know, clearly it's targeting younger, younger fans, younger dudes. That feels like the demo for this show, uh, as is for a lot of late-night anime. Um, like... It feels like the the intent is to get people to discover the references, and it's probably easier than ever to do that if you just hop on Reddit uh, or some you know
1: yeah that's true some
0: other discussion forum like talking about the show, and then someone's like, "This was all about Prince." Here's a link to a Spotify or SoundCloud or you know this YouTube playlist. Oh or whatever. my god! You you know what um,
1: you know what's just hit me that I really think that this show should have done. Um, that I think would have been really, really neat. Because um, I've been actually doing this in my own line of work recently. And I can't really give you the context, but what if, as a crazy idea, at the in the credits for these episodes, uh, it gave you a QR code for a Spotify playlist of Prince's songs?
0: I mean, that would be that would be fine. I think
1: that that'd would, be that'd be amazing. Like you just all right. Oh, there's a QR code, and then just like starts playing Prince's music on your phone, like. Happy fucking G Oh my god.
0: Yeah, Hi- Hayabi
1: yeah. Daisaso.
0: <laughs> bring bring me in, Mappa. Um So uh I I another kind of tell me what you think about this point. Uh that it's the the show listeners is you know paying uh homage to MBV and Nirvana Prince, Oasis. Um, well, actually, as I'm starting to list all the bands, the New Balton, the Neubalton band, uh, kind of bucks the, the trend that I was going to say. What I was going to say is that, like, you'd be surprised, I guess, how many people younger than us are into m- music from our time or older, just because uh, the sort of... The super duper mega stars of those times are still known. Like Walmart still sells like Rolling Stones T-shirts. Oh yeah, and it's like why would they do that if young people didn't know who the Rolling Stones were? Well, or to um, I'd be
1: ca- I'd be careful in conflating that with like actual interest in the music, because people are sometimes into the aesthetic that bands provide, such as the Stones, or even dare That's I free. say Prince. Yeah. So. Yeah, that I, I see where you're coming from, though. Maybe I'm being too, like, you know, pessimistic about, like, the enthusiasm of a younger generation. and God, the fact I even have to say that makes me feel fucking old. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm too tired <laughs> for this. That that makes me, that just makes me want to go to sleep forever. But, like, maybe I'm, again, being too pessimistic about the enthusiasm for um, a younger generation who this show ostensibly is aimed for, like, in wanting to find this kind of music and then explore it. And maybe that speaks my own incuriosity on the mass that I didn't think of doing that otherwise. Um in other times when that's come about. Although again, I have lots of OPs and stuff, so maybe I'm giving myself to the credit. Right. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um uh, I don't know. I just think it's I think that this show I admire its ambition in doing what it's doing, and I admire that it's at least coming about it in a mostly, you know. A positive way in terms of like how it feels about its artists and it very clearly is enamoured with all the iconography although much as you said about the Rolling Stones t-shirt like being in Walmart I do think that some of the stuff here is simply put in because it's a thing you know like the Smashing Pumpkins reference like from the previous episode like you know that you recognise it I mean how on earth you would ever extrapolate that to being about Smashing Pumpkins as a younger person I would never understand <laughs> <laughs> I, so I think that some of it is a bit slapdash and I think it's in there just because thing you know which, I uh, just washes yeah. over me. I don't care. This about.
0: is this is grunge too. So th- throw it in there. Yeah.
1: Or even as I said in the previous episode, the Oasis poster when we've already had Oasis mentioned in universe as an in-universe thing. I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah.
0: Like, why was it not like Eddie Vedder? Right.
1: Could have been anything. Could have been Blur. I don't fucking know.
0: Um. Well, it was a grunge episode. I mean, give us, uh, you know, give us uh, a man in a box. Give us to Give us something. You know, deaf homes I don't know. Grungy. or death. I wouldn't.
1: You I know don't know. We didn't
0: let's not Let's not. Let's not have this silly discussion. <laughs> yeah. Let's, <laughs>
1: let, let's not. Let's not have a digital fist fight over this. Let's not,
0: let's classify music. Classify bands, genres. Their S- meaning. Smashing a bar stool uh. over your head while someone plays a <laughs> piano in the background.
1: <laughs> uh Right. But yeah, I think that I do think to some of my thoughts, basically, like, I admire what this episode was trying to do. I really like how they went all in on the visuals like that, like this of all the episodes we covered thus far with the maybe exception of the second one um but even then that was only part of it like this episode had a very consistent visual um and artistic vision in my opinion like they knew what they wanted to get out of it they clearly were very very into prince's like aesthetic and wanted to get that across but also had i think an understanding of what his message was which again was about connection and not just simply about well balls deep fucking as people would think you know it's more service on that it's certainly more like you know in my opinion again with my limited knowledge It's certainly more accurate and more uh, respectful than I felt they handled Cobain last time. And and again, I'm not saying Cobain as a child is necessarily a problem. I'm saying the majority of the episode being about Cobain and Courtney Love's relationship just portrayed through these two different characters, when that wasn't even about really the music. Like, this felt like about Prince's music. Like, Cobain's episode was about Teen Spirit as a drug, and I'm like, oh, please. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's, that's that's obnoxiously like simple and reductive in my opinion this felt a lot better but in going so hard in on like making you know, taking all the boxes on a Prince Tribute episode so few of the boxes in a listener's episode have been ticked right. that's how I would right. sum it up
0: I, yeah look, I that was very well put so I will just now say uh are you ready to rate the episode, or do you have other items to discuss no
1: i'm I'm ready to uh rate the episode
0: okay. How would you rate it
1: uh well, for everything i've said um I'm gonna give this episode in the end oh uh, four out of five uh sexually divided dormitory architectural designs out of five because they really went at all on that. It was crazy uh yeah. <laughs> Four out of five. Like, I think this episode was on the cusp of being great. But I also... But I also think that the reasons that it fails are partly the show's actual overall construction. Like, a lot of the problems it has are things that have come from before. Like, Mm -hmm. if the Aeolus weren't even a factor in this, for example, let's let's just say, like, hypothetically, that we stripped them out from the show entirely. And... It was simply that Jimmy just nukes the festival for reasons, and we were on a journey to find out why. I'd probably already, immediately because of that, like this episode more, because we're not then dealing with that. You know, that's not in the background as a problem that this episode then exacerbates. It's gone. Um. <clears throat> so I do think that if I'm racing this in a vacuum, I will give it a fairly high racing than I otherwise would, because I think that in its own right, it's actually quite good. But as a wider part of the listener's puzzle, it really, really struggles as a result, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'll still give it four out of five, but with the caveats I've just mentioned.
0: I'm almost like the inverse, where... Like... I'm going to feel bad for the disparity. Be- oh, we've, between... we've, done,
1: we've done this before, it's no, fine. No, no, not
0: not between you and I, but between what I've rated the past episodes and what I think I'm going to rate this one, because just considering it on its own, like, to me... I mean, it it accomplished some things, sure, but, like, the things that... Since this is sort of my rating, like, the things that it accomplishes, um, I don't know, it just didn't really... Didn't mean all that much to me. Like, I really did just find myself not invested in the characters and wondering like why am i invested in these people again like well doc what i I what are they even doing if i may say
1: maybe it's just a sign of the times
0: oh jesus
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm a bastard let's go
0: crazy um you know, I'm gonna show you what it's like when doves cry, Shadon. Oh no. Um, yeah. I don't care if you're wearing a raspberry beret. I'm gonna have a party all over your. Never mind.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's not finish sp- that
0: sentence. I'm gonna stop now. Um. <laughs> so, uh, like yeah there's there's a lot I wanted to like about this show from the beginning there's a lot I do like about it and I I feel like I mean it definitely could get back on track for me it just this this just felt like um a lot of uh fluff I guess which is like I don't know maybe that's not right because like I said it accomplished some things but like I don't know. It was just very lacking. Um, I think. Very, some, I think uh,
1: sometimes though, like when you're doing critical analysis, you can simply be as as honest as it didn't connect with me. Like, yeah, well, I mean, absolutely. I, I mean, I've watched episodes of anime before, which you know functionally works, uh, and I could see there was a lot of merit in them, But I was just like, I was just like, I don't, I don't care. Uh, like, it did it didn't click with me. Like, uh, what more can you say in that? Like, you know, we're not, you know we're not like machines that get fed specific inputs and then get a specific output every single time, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So don't be, don't be on yourself, man, for like saying that it wasn't for you. Because if it wasn't, then it wasn't. And that's, and who's, n- no one's got any right to argue with that. It's not like you misrepresented the episode. You watched it, you're just like,
0: Hmm? maybe not so many
1: maybe maybe not so many
0: syllables (laughs) (laughs) yeah right well and the things that you talked about being meritorious about it like i either experienced them differently or just kind of missed out on so i I just my experience of the episode was just so was just very different so like yeah i'm gonna give it um i'm gonna give it 2.75 Leaves floating atop the bathtub water out of five. That'll do then.
1: Um, um, I would, by the way, just want to put a quick call out there to our listeners. Uh, not the show. Yeah, our actual audience. <laughs> um, much we as own I, the show. We own the show. It's ours. <laughs> it's ours. We're, yeah, we're not having a prince like actual impersonator in here because I don't want his estate to come like smashing through my window and like hissing me over the head with a truncheon. Um, what I would ask is again, much as I say with the Cobain one, um... And I'll also reference this in the polls when I get them up eventually. Like, tell us, like, what your overall knowledge of Prince is, like your fi- uh, f- uh, affection for him, like uh, his music, him as a person, you know, like, say, it could be two different things, of course. Uh, and what you ultimately thought about the episode if you saw it. Like, I'd be curious to get more of a broad spectrum of opinion on this because it's impossible, like, to, as I said with the Cobain one, to divorce one's knowledge of a, of an ice or lack thereof, even. From their understanding, interpretation, and enjoyment of this kind of show, it is cr- it's impossible. Like, I mean, like with Montage of Heck, like you will enjoy that differently simply because you know certain things about Cobain or you don't. Like, and even then, people had differing opinions on it. Uh, particularly people in Kurt's like circle of friends and family. So i'd be curious just to have some more opinions from people who are more knowledgeable about prince and what he was about rather than the kind of very limited perspective i personally offered so if you have that then do let us know
0: yeah for sure because like i said too like i'm i'm a fan of the music but um not like a not a, a giant super fan not very not knowledgeable and yeah would love to hear from from other folks who um like who who his voice was kind of more a part of their lives than was mm. mine I mean I didn't even really start listening to the music until like I don't know I was probably like nineteen or twenty years old, so I didn't grow up with it or anything like that. by the I way, did. you you know, mm-hmm. I want to be your lover is the song you should probably listen to like it that's that song as the kids say, slaps. <laughs> it fucking slaps still to the <laughs> day,
1: is that your dice ass attempt to bridge the gap between old and young <laughs> it's
0: it is my attempt go listen to i want to be your lover by prince it, it rules go and yeet um, and listen
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh <my> um,
0: God. <laughs> jesus uh okay well you know the polls for this episode we will have up um you know later on after it drops and uh, we do not have any patron questions this week. However, if you would like to uh, become a patron, uh, go to Patreon.com/slash show. And there's lots of goodies that you can get for supporting us at the different tiers. We got a tier for every budget: Shadon, two, three, and five dollars. And uh, you know, have a gander at what you get. Um, it should be all detailed there for you. If you were a $3 or above tier, you can ask us these, uh, these listener questions that for the streams or, you know what? They're not streams anymore. Got him, i got to stop using that word <laughs> for uh, stream of thought. And for second stream, the podcasts, uh, we will have to answer no matter what. Uh, so you get that, that, uh, perk for being a $3 patron. Uh, and there's lots more. Check it out. Um, and if uh, you don't uh, want to support us financially, uh, that is okay. Um, or if you are doing so and you want to support us in additional ways, uh, just give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe and share. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We are on Google podcasts we are on YouTube, Twitter. If you uh type in our name, Wadawe show into Google, followed by the platform slash service of your choice, it's a good chance that we'll be there. So um yeah, spread the word. Um help us out. Uh with that, Shadon, it has been a pleasure as always. Thank you once again for you know emerging from your uh you're back to tank. To, <laughs> to, to oh, graces with your presence this you, morning.
1: You know, now that you said that, I, I I just think to myself, like, this all would have avoided if Luke had followed Goodman
0: advice and just stayed the fuck home. <laughs> uh, Luke. Don't break the don't break the shelter in place, Luke. Oh my god. Um,
1: I yeah, I I am gonna go straight to bed as soon as this is done, folks, and I will probably not awake for a Many hours. Uh, what The Odin sleep, you know, that's what it's going to be.
0: <laughs> the Odin sleep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so um, if while you were, you know, in the Odin sleep, if people would like to tweet at you, uh, how how would they do that?
1: Uh, they shouldn't. I don't want to wake up during the middle of it. It's going to be a long sleep. Uh, no, of course. Uh, you can find me at Shaden1010 on Twitter. Uh, feel free to... I don't know, do the social medias, whatever the kids call it these days. Send me a TikTok, I don't know. Whatever whatever strikes your fancy, go nuts. Uh,
0: I am at The Subtle Doctor on Twitter, and please at me. You know, I will talk about, uh, be happy to talk about anime, uh, whether or not it's listeners or Sing Yesterday for Me, the other show that we're covering uh, on a weekly basis, or whatever. Um, Japanese wrestling, music. Video games, whatever, whatever. Um, right. So I guess uh that's it for listeners episode five. Um we will be back uh for episode six next week. And uh until then, this has been Shadan and the subtle doctor for Water we show saying, embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. Don't purple raid on my parade. Bring back the brothers.